So we, if we talk really fast, it's because we just smash an upper body workout. Yeah, and we just yeah, and with like lots of pre workout as well. We only took half a scoop, but it was like three hundred and seventy five yeah. milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, in my one, and like yeah, three hundred in yours. <laughs> I had I only I had one whole scoop. I shouldn't I should have only half scooped it, but yeah. Anyway, we're here now, so exactly, we're good to go. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. So, Michael, you're new to the podcast. Give us a bit of an intro to who Michael is. So. Um, I am an osteo mm-hmm. by background. I'm also a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So I basically call myself like a clinical SNC. I really like that. So mm-hmm. I do also clinical coaching, we call it. So merging rehab and strength and conditioning. Yeah. Absolutely love. I've always had a passion for rehabilitation and injury prevention and helping people through their ailments and niggles like that they might be experiencing in the gym or with sport or within martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also the clinical director of reform clinics in Q, which is where we are now. Yep, yep. Um, so if I get murdered, this nah, is where I yeah. am. <laughs> so you guys know. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, little uh, shameless self promotion, but um, <laughs> nah, but absolutely, absolutely love it here. I yep. do um, do a lot of like clinical education and mentoring, and have a passion for being able to uh, teach maybe the succeeding generation of osteos, physios, chiros, yeah. like physical therapists um, about the way my brain thinks and the concepts and the conceptual model I follow and how I try my best to get someone from A to B. And also I love training. I love martial arts, love like just keeping active and yeah. doing lots of things all at once. I have that kind of personality, like Jack yeah. Trades, master of none, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Cool. Cool. And um, you said a bit off here just now that you're exploring and flirting with the, the medical world too. So can you tell us about that as well? Yeah. So that's actually something that I've wanted to do my entire life. Yeah. So I've always wanted to be a medical doctor yeah. ever since um, high school, never really told anyone about it mm-hmm. it was just my quiet little dream but um even before i pursued osteo it was my goal to get into medicine into an md program and mm. become that type of practitioner yeah. just because one it's always the something that i wanted to do but i've always operated in the way where i've really wanted to help people solve the problem Mm. um, that they might be experiencing, whether that might be, you know, urinary issue, cardiovascular issue, respiratory, um, musculoskeletal, it doesn't really matter. Um, I've always wanted to be the detective Mm. basically and go, all right, this is what's going on and have a really great team around me and be Mm. able to create a really good intervention and management strategy so that they can like basically improve the quality of their life. Mm. Um, Going into osteo, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I absolutely, I really love doing what I do and helping people, but there is this, there's still this underlying um, urge and just like this fire that I really just, I always want to go and um, just take that leap into Mm. the medical field. And yeah. And I've seen like, for example, I might've seen a MRI or a scan that I can't really disclose like what's going on in that scan. I don't actually know what's going on, but I really wanted to help based on what I saw and had to refer off. And I almost felt, not helpless, but just a little bit, no, I, I, yeah, maybe a little bit helpless is probably the right word and to do that. So I've actually been trying to get in, Mm -hmm. um, to do the postgrad. So the MD course, um, absolute bloody tedious process. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So doing the GAMSAT, which is like an eight hour exam. Wow. Is that all? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Do you have to bring your lunch? Um, yeah, you have to bring your lunch. 
And or you can go buy some if you've got enough time. They say, "Oh yeah, will you give you an hour, twenty minutes?" Oh, okay. And everybody get back in the room. It's like, oh my god, it's like craziest pressure exam ever. But it's a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, and everyone's nervous. And there's sure. three different sections. First one's reasoning in humanities mm. and the English, uh, the English language, and everything like that. Second yeah. section essay writing third section reasoning and yeah. um, comprehension in the biological or like you know the just the si- general sciences chemistry physics sure. biology but haven't been able to get you know too good of a competitive score on that mm. not too bad it's tough yeah. but then once you do that you have to do an interview and then you have to go yeah. to med but yeah that's that's the dream I've always wanted to do that and I will be pursuing that until I get in for sure might be a few years down the track don't really care yep you'll but. be that one you know 70 year old guy in the Absolutely. medical school hey guys I got in I got in finally yes <laughs> it's like oh but Michael you retire in five years I don't give a shit <laughs> not sure if you let us wear this podcast right. but yeah so I'll just be like ah, five years as a GP I don't yeah great brilliant you know die before I become a full, fully qualified like specialist hey, hey, hey. better late than never I say exactly exactly that's so exciting michael and i do wish you all the best thank you so and i do think that coming from an osteo background Mm. um or even like a physio background and then moving into medicine Mm. i feel like after you become a doctor you are so much better Mm. and because you've got that background in snc and that background in talking to humans patients rather than just in you know just straight from high school um you know and and you're you've just always been that smart kid and you got into medicine and you know, you don't really know what's going on. So yeah. I, I do hope you become a doctor one day. Thanks so much, and, man. I appreciate um, that. And set up like a one-stop shop for your, for all your patients. That's the goal, man. That's actually what we what we would love to do here. For sure. Um, but yeah, so fingers crossed. I actually went up to the Gold Coast recently for an interview, but yeah. was not successful. That's but right. doesn't matter. Got get, practice. Got practice. And yeah. we'll definitely get there eventually. And yeah, it's, it's really cool because I can integrate, like you said, I can integrate my patient history taking and yeah. be like, you know, rapport building skills that I've accumulated 100%. over the years 100%. and just, you know, hopefully get these, uh, these patients like really good outcomes mm. and hopefully, hopefully change the game. You know, that's, that's always the dream, yeah, right? So yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. Love it. So let's get into our first question. So this Done. question is from the Barbell Osteo. Oh, beautiful. Katie Hanover. She yep. asked you, was your favorite smell? What's my favorite smell? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's first thing that comes to my mind is the ocean. Oh, okay. absolutely! The ocean. Oh my god! Just like that—that that big breeze of just like this, this, the salt water and yeah. everything like that. Just like the nice, the wind that comes with it. Just being—it just you just feel free and you just feel like you can take a massive deep breath in and just relax. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love the ocean. I love the scenery there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, coffee is the definite next, a close <laughs> yeah. second. Say, being in Melbourne too, where you're oh, in the heart of coffee. Absolutely, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love coffee and I love the ocean. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Um, for me, my favorite smell, I've got this weird, like, because I, I, I didn't grow up in Taiwan, but I was born in Taiwan. Yep. We've got these um, Taiwanese bread shops, yep. and you can smell them from a mile away. Yep. And once and it, it just gets more and more concentrated the more the closer you get to the shops. And yep. once you're in it, it's like, it's just, it just smells amazing. Like, yeah, right. It's not quite like a Western bakery where yep. it smells phenomenal, mm. but the Chinese bread, I don't know what they put. They probably put like Kraken or something, <laughs> but it just smells yeah. so good. It smells good. That's, yeah. a, that's the main thing, right? That's right. It smells amazing. So Very thanks for your question, Katie. Um, <laughs> next one. What is your ick as a health professional? Oh, my ick as a health professional. Bloody hell. How long do we have? <laughs> um, one ick. What's your most ick? My most ick is when... 
it's when I get um, a little bit like people get confused into what I do as a profession. So they might come in and go, you know, I've got some got some like tight neck and tight traps. I just need you to work through it. And just maybe get some maintenance stuff oh. and like put it back into place. Oh, yeah. well, oh, oh, oh my God. If I had a dollar for every time that I heard that and then it just, we get seen as a, and physios, you would like said a lot as well. Chiros, osteos. But we just get seen as like a glorified yeah, masseuse kind of thing. And not to yeah. shit on masseuses, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not what we do. No. We are much more than that. So yeah. it's just my, my biggest ick is just when, and when other health, uh, you know, practitioners have basically said that there's, this is exactly what's wrong with you and using really bad negative language mm-hmm. um, and all these nocebos like, no, nope, your back's out of place. Yep. You need to come and see me twice a week for the next six months. Mm-hmm. And then they have this neg- like these patients have this negative perception of like their own body and self image where they're just like no I'm out of place I'm not functional yep. I need to see someone and need to rely on someone yeah and then they come to me and they're like oh I just need to put this back in place I'm like oh oh come grinds on, my man. gears grinds my gears yeah. but that's definitely my <laughs> that's definitely my biggest ick I'd, I'd have to agree with you that'd probably be my biggest ick as, as well as a health yeah. professional is when I see stuff on social media when they and these these pages have millions of followers yeah and they're using language like bone on bone or wear and tear that that grinds my gears a lot yeah and um these guys have so much reach and i'm just wondering how many people they've put fear into you know all, all the time look that that massive massive amounts of fear inducing language exactly yeah. and just it's this is exactly what we're trying to do we we're trying to change the game and mm. create all this positive talk and confidence building and empowerment towards the people that we see and telling them that they're robust yeah they're really strong they are capable of lifting and and being and do all these functional movements and stuff and they're not going to break they're not frail they are if their body can get them into the position of that particular niggle Mm. it can get them out it is super adaptable and really really strong we just have to show them how yep but uh, yeah like you said the the massive reach of people that are not saying (laughs) this is Is very very annoying. Yeah, um, and that's what we're trying to do. Trying to get get more reach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We need those millions of followers. Exactly. Man. <laughs> exactly. Everybody follow us. We yeah, got the, yeah. Good, we got the good the, the good stuff going. We'll, gain, <laughs> we'll, we'll both gain like three extra followers after this. Ah, better than none. <laughs> exactly. Start from yeah. Start from the first follower. Yeah. Exactly. All right, man. What do you think? This is another weird ass question. Yeah. What do you think is the sexiest name for a male and female? Sexiest name for a male start and from, female. Start from what's the sexiest male name? Oh, other than Dan and, and Michael, Michael, obviously. Yeah. I was gonna say Michael is is it's a great name. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's sexy. You probably you can't go past Clint. Clint. Clint, like Clint Eastwood. He's a badass okay. dude. Like Clint. Yeah, that's because when you name. say Clint, I the first thing that came into my mind was an old guy. Yeah, like, old guy, like you know, rugged, like you know, he's yeah. he's, he's seen some a couple of wars, like yeah, badass man. dude. Apart from that. Couldn't tell you. Michael, okay. Michael and Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Um, badass like, and best female name. Oh, not not entirely sure. Probably like, I, I, I could not tell you. It may be like Sophia or... I was going to say Emily. I was going to say, em- yeah, Emily's a good one. I've I've not met one Miranda, beautiful Miranda, Emily. Mar- Miranda's a badass name. Damn, okay. Corrine, Corrine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just tick the box. Tick the box. <laughs> okay, now what's the real sex? <laughs> beautiful. Love it. All right. Cool, that, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure I have a bit sleeping tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're right, you're on the couch, you need to sleep at <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Now, the barbell physio... His name's Alex Antopoulos. 
Ah, I know Alex. Do you know him? Yes. Yes, I yeah. do. So he asks you, would you rather rupture your ACL or Achilles? Oh, ACL. I would, yeah. ra- I would personally rather rupture my ACL only because I have um, been able to rehabilitate um, mm. and help other mm. uh, people like rehabilitate ACL injuries. So yep. it's like previously from footy, I've mm. seen a couple, I've seen a couple in practice and I... I think that the process is like pretty pretty straightforward and yep. there's some really good progression criteria. There's yep. some good goals. And I have also seen a calf rupture and it's not not very pretty. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit more complicated in my opinion, but that's just, I'm biased. Like I, I particularly, I'm more comfortable suited, like, you know, yeah. I'm dealing with ACLs, but um, yeah, I would basically say probably, a, probably an ACL just because I understand like yeah. a little bit more on how to rehabilitate one, whereas sure. the calves that can be that can be a bit annoying. Yeah, and and there seems to be a bit of a debate with the ace. Uh, sorry, the um, calf tears is that if it's a complete rupture, which is what Alex is asking, mm. if it's a rupture, do you go conservative or do you go surgical? Well, it really depends, I think, because a couple of times I've seen a couple of calf ruptures and they they have like maybe. 2% of their tendon still intact and mm. they've gone and basically been put in a boot and mm. really like really plantar flex. So it's like mm. really close to the insertion and then they're able to naturally heal itself. Mm. I um, if that's, and there's really good evidence behind that and, mm. and there's really good outcomes as well. As long as we're, like I said, hitting that good goals, like per, per uh, like, you know, stage of rehabilitation, then yep. progression criteria. Yep. But there are, it's, I think, Based like for surgery as well, really depends on who it is and what they want. Yep. So I've seen like a lot of athletes as well that have gone, no, I really want surgery. It's a non-negotiable. I need to get it. It's like, Mm. all right, well, they can they can do that, and the surgeon agrees, and they do it. But um, whether that is has a really similar outcome, I think the risks are probably a little Mm. bit higher going in doing Mm. invasive surgery in terms of athletic changes. But I think it really depends on the person and yep. the severity of a rupture because there's obviously degrees. For sure. And I would love to try conservative management all the time first yep. and see if we could get some good outcomes. Like if you get them hopping again, like eventually down the track with a conservative route, beautiful, absolutely mm. fantastic. If you can't and there's just some, and you've tried everything under the sun, mm. well then obviously there, there's, there should be like another talk about like, yep. you know, different interventions because you don't want to just keep them at, you know, like doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, sure. it really depends. I, for me, I'd actually go, um, I disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, right. I would rather my Achilles. Yeah, okay. How come? I, I think I think just because it's further away. Yeah. Me, it's more distal. Yeah, yeah so, don't have to look at it. Exactly. Yeah. And like, if, if my knee's okay, I can still exercise my leg. Whereas with an ACL, you can still exercise your, your knee, obviously, to get it strong. Yeah, for sure. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's more that it's more distal. It's yeah. more away from my brain. So yeah, I don't have to, okay. Don't have to, it uh, doesn't scare me as much. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it makes, that makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, But if it did do my ACL, I'd book in a consult to see Mick Hughes, 100%. Oh, absolutely. He's the GOAT in terms of ACL <laughs> rehabilitation, man. right? He's, he's so good. Yeah. So, uh, Mick Hughes, if I ever do my ACL, I'm coming to see you, Go straight to you. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. So, let's talk about some clinical stuff. Sure. Um, if you have a avid gym goer who's objectively strong, yep. you know, these gym junkies, mm-hmm. but they've got pain with a certain movement, for mm-hmm. example, doing a shoulder press, they get a anterior shoulder pain how do you go about assessing and then rehabbing them so firstly i'd want to see the movement straight out perfect like what's going on with the movement okay i have pain with overhead pressing you said so Mm. all right let's have a look at your overhead pressing how much weight 
until the pain comes on. Mm. Uh, look, 60 kilos, right? Sweet, let's have a look at 60 kilo overhead press. Let's go, let's, what's going wrong or what's going on rather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then just kind of like trying to critically analyze like maybe scapular positioning and mm. control like on that particular side. Maybe it's being overloaded. Maybe there are, you know, excessive, you know, thoracic extension. Mm. Maybe they're not liking down there, like their core. Lots of different considerations and that, you know, holistic approach, like yeah, as, yeah, we all, yeah. as we all know. So I would love to see that first. Mm-hmm. Then I would like to, once I have an idea on what might be going on, I then go, you know, palpate, mm-hmm. do some orthopedic tests and basically tests yeah. um, unilaterally to see if there's like any discrepancies like both sides. And if it sure. kind of matches up with what I've seen, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I kind of have a really good idea mm-hmm. in what's going on here. And then what I like to do first, and I never used to do this, but I would quickly intervene with some manual therapy mm-hmm. first. Nothing crazy, literally mm-hmm. some soft tissue massage, couple of mobilizations, maybe mm. some resisted isometrics. I'm a massive, mm. massive fan of them. I call them Same. clinical isometrics. Like, you know, the ones that you do to yeah. quickly get a good response. Yeah. And if that makes a good change, like all right, moving overhead again, all right, there's less pain. Beautiful. Uh, that's created uh, my plan of attack. And now yeah. I know what exercises are going to really back up those movements and those uh, intervention strategies that Love I it. just use. And yep. then, so for example... I help them with maybe the external rotation um, of their rotator cuff. And I found like a little bit of a discrepancy one side compared to the other kettlebell bottom up press Mm -hmm. might do some, you know, overhead banded Mm. um, external rotate, like resisting into um, internal rotation, that kind of thing. Sure. Just, and then create a bit of a plan. It also depends on the person as well. So Mm. If they are, what what are their goals? Would they yeah. prefer more hands-on? They have a better understanding of like know how to mm. tr- like do what they need to do in the gym. I'll probably do a little bit more hands-on, get some more symptom relief, give them one or two exercises. Mm-hmm. If they're advert, like they really want a really good rehabilitation plan, beautiful. I can smash that out and I can make that for them that they can follow a few, maybe four or five times a week. Yep. And just so that they can become more robust and, and learn these new motor patterns and then start to progressively progressively overload from there. That's great. Great yeah. answer. Yeah. When I was younger, I hurt my back doing a deadlift. Mm. This is when I first started going to the gym. And the physio who who actually made me want to study physio, mm. she helped rehab me. She watched, she had a look at my deadlift. She kind of gave me a few pointers and just let me explore the movement. Mm. Um, and it got me back to deadlifting strong and being pain-free. So, Beautiful. I mean, any practitioner that tells you to stop doing a, certain movement mm. there are some pathologies that require you to stop for a, for a while Absolutely. Sure. for sure like if you've got a stress fracture you've got to stop running for a bit Absolutely. Um, but for I would say 85 90% of pathologies mm. it's actually safe to load yeah, assuming you don't have any red flags. Yeah, for sure. So definitely. any clinician or practitioner that tells a patient to stop doing something mm. they better have a good reason why Exactly. We better have a, like, like, like you said, there has to be some sort of underlying pathology and yeah. making sure they refer off to get, you yeah. know, the required maybe imaging or, yeah. you know, extra information from a, another uh, medical practitioner or whoever it might be. And this is when, when you become a doctor, you yep. can just refer to yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be like, look, I can go, I can write, like, write it up scan. Yeah. Sweet. It's rebated more because <laughs> I'm, I'm that medical professional. Yeah. And then they come back and they're like, all right, cool. There's nothing underlying. We're happy. Yeah. Let's start loading like straight away. You should do like refer, write, write out the scan in front of them and then hand it off. And then you just put on your white coat and be like, 
oh, hello, Michael. Hello, hello, Osteo Michael. And they just do a bit of a scare. The, the, the patient will be like, what the heck is this guy? <laughs> They're never coming back. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's like, crazy. I'll take this scare and I'll go down the road. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I would, yeah, it would be, be pretty funny. I would, that would be something that I would bloody do as well. Though. That's a real out of that for sure. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Uh, nice. Well, I think you answered that perfectly. Um, assess and have a look at what's going on. I think yep. you have to have a look. I always, always. If you don't, then you're just guessing, exactly. essentially, right? Exactly right. All right. Well, um, Kiara Jade, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Yep. She wants to ask you, mm-hmm. what makes you different to a physio? And why should I go see an osteo rather than a physio? Oh, Other than physios question. being more handsome and jacked, <laughs> obviously. Uh, that's that's subjective. That's <laughs> very, uh, yeah, that depends. <laughs> um so that, that is an absolutely fantastic question. And to be honest, I why would you go see an osteo rather than a physio? Look, traditionally speaking, osteos are more manual therapy based. Mm-hmm. That is just like how it is. And unfortunately, like it's mostly single modality and, like, and that's how it's usually run. However, um, if you're, as a physical therapist, regardless of whether you're a physio, chiro or an osteo, mm. I think you should have the exact same goal, which is we're trying to get like, un- like understand the underlying problem that's going on, yep. being able to critically uh, assess and know how to see how someone's moving and then implement the proper strategy based on their education mm-hmm. to help this person get out of pain. So sure. look, HVLA, like cracking, uh, dry needling and stuff like that, it all has its place. Yep. You can manipulate the nervous system in whatever way. If it helps the patient, beautiful. Yeah. If you're doing exercises, if it helps a patient, beautiful. So all what I would try like think is, are your goals aligned? Uh, is the practitioner actually understanding what sport that you do, how that you injured it? Do they have a really good plan in place? Yep. Do they understand exactly what you need? Mm. If that is all big tick and all yes, brilliant, you're on the right track. They're going to help you more than likely. For sure. Right, but if they don't really tell you what's going on. Don't give a reason why yep. as to what they're or why they're treating or why they're doing like all this hands-on exemplifying, and then they're just maybe rebooking you for the week after. Yeah. Then it's a it's a big red flag in my yeah, in my opinion. For right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, I probably operate more like a physio traditionally mm. because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys probably do a lot more exercise um, intervention strategies and create like good. We try. Plays. We try. Try. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's that's brilliant, and you're always up to date with the current evidence going mm. into that snc realm as well yep. um, and creating some good goals based around the individual's needs love it that's what you what you need to look for and um, regardless of practitioner so but if you would like to come see me i do all that so that's great but yeah. and then so does dan so yeah um yeah just, that's just kind of what you want to look out for yep. um good goals good you know uh, management strategies mm. a good reason why and just making sure that you guys are basically in alignment with um, moving forward and creating that good plan. Great answer, man. And mm. I, yeah, I agree with you totally. Mm. Um, that w- What you just said though, I think uh, a big thing that I keep telling myself mm. and, and any students that I have contact with is you've got to remember to treat the patient, not their scan yes. or not their knee. Absolutely. Um, maybe in the first couple of sessions, you want to, Focus on the knee mm-hmm. for if it's an ACL injury or, yep. or like an acute facet sprain or something. You want to focus on the back, yeah. But then once that settles down, mm. then you want to look big picture, holistic picture. Absolutely. And I think as new grads and students, we often get caught up with the pathology, mm. but we've got to remember that the human is not their diagnosis. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. 
I, I love talking to people sim- like like yourself where we have similar sort mm. of um, intervention strategies yep. because I get so pumped up and I, it reminds me there are that there are good people out there mm. and um, it's not just the people we see on social media that make us scratch our eyeballs out. Yeah, exactly. So, we, we are on, we're like, you know, on, on par in terms of fighting like, the good fight, fighting the good fight and really yeah. trying to intervene like, with what we think is like best for the patient. Don't treat yeah. the pathology, treat the patient. And one day that might just be talking to them um, mm. like listening to their story and yeah. it's totally fine because they were going by that biopsychosocial model right love it yeah and understanding we yeah that's what's going on sure but you require mm. as, as the individual require this yeah and it goes into all right yeah sure i might use a single leg glute bridge for mm. two different patients but it might be for different reasons one might yeah. be for they might need strengthening the other one might need for disassociation between like lumbo uh you know lumbo and pelvis yeah so it it it's just really understanding what the person needs mm. and just making sure that they give it to them, making sure they get better. Yeah. And the only way to, uh, to understand what the patient needs is you've got to talk to them. Got to talk to them. You've got to let them tell their story. Yep. Because I know yeah. a lot of people, their consult times are like five minutes. Yeah. How the heck do you listen to someone's story in five minutes, right? Yeah. How are you going to get a good patient outcome from that? Yeah. I finished talking about how hot it is in five, like I don't, <laughs> it takes me five minutes to talk about the weather and the traffic. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I talk a leg off a chair. All the time, I digress. I'm like, oh my God, it's been 45 minutes. I'm sorry. All right, let's get started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you actually in here for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I believe that's the best assessment. Yeah. Actually getting a really good patient history will tell you absolutely everything that you need mm. and will guide you. All right, like yeah. you know, jumped off here, heard this. It's like, all right, interesting. Tell me more. How, like if it's in the gym, how much weight were you lifting? How many reps yep. were you doing? How's your stress going? Are yep. you hydrated? Do you get good sleep? What's your job? All this mm. kind of stuff. It's all super, super important. Yeah. I've recently been talking about sleep a lot more. Yeah. Because we talk about recovery. We talk about you need rest days. But mm. if you're sleeping like crap, yep. then no matter how many rest days you have, you're not going to, your, your recovery is going to be crap. Exactly right. right. You can do yeah. ice baths. You can do um, mm-hmm. uh, heat. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever. All that mm. stuff is that 1%. Yep. But if you're not sleeping, so I always ask, how do you sleep? Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, always, always the same thing. Like, how's your sleep, hydration, nutrition, physical activity, and stress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Um, there's, there's an acronym in there somewhere. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll think about it later. <laughs> so, the, I guess we kind of answered the question. The next one was um, from Naomi. She wants to know what's the difference between osteo, physio, and chiro. I'll probably quickly describe that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, from what I know, mm. and just based on my education, um, osteo... Uh, more based around manual therapy, still mm-hmm. evidence-based, needs to be a little bit better, mm-hmm. but do a little bit of rehab. Yep. So let's say for you know ratio-wise, like 80% hands-on, 20% rehab, mm-hmm. just arbitrarily. Physio, complete opposite. So 80% rehab, 20% hands-on, yep. that kind of thing. Um, Cairo, I'm not exactly sure, but mm-hmm. I'm fairly... I think that their philosophy is based around the central nervous system and that using manipulation, trying to be as specific as possible to a particular segment is going to elicit a full body response. Mm. Now, I can understand from nervous system manipulation, but it is temporary. Mm. That's what the evidence has shown. It's like last like 20 minutes, then you need to crack it again. But, and also specificity in terms of cracking, it's not a thing. Yeah. In my opinion. I yeah, could yeah. be wrong. Oh, who knows? But yeah, yeah, I think that. I think, yeah, with the research shows that you can try to be as specific as you can, but 
if you get the crack, it's probably not as specific as we think it is. Exactly right. Um, and you can get that post hoc fallacy where you do a crack, feels better, and you go, okay, that crack is the cause, and and can kind of get carried away. And I feel like there's there's modalities in physio as well mm. and osteo where we do something. Mm. For example, like if we, um, I say this in quotation mark, um, scapular stabilization, and they get less uh, shoulder pain with abduction, then mm. we go, okay, it's that equals that. And mm. we start to attribute the two together. Exactly. And then we can yeah. kind of use the narrative and get ca- kind of carried away. So yeah. it's important to ground ourselves and be like, okay, let's, uh, what are we actually working here? Exactly does, right. There's yeah. a certain degree of how the scap rotates really yeah. matter in the big picture. Exactly. But if we can temporarily make them feel better, fantastic. Beautiful. Do what you know, do what makes them feel good, mm. but always back it up with education. Mm. And if the patient leaves your room feeling Stronger, not mm. stronger, but like more confident, yep. less fear, yep. then I think you're doing a good job. Exactly right. And that's why different interventions may elicit the same response. Yeah. But we we have a hypothesis, right? Yeah. We think that maybe the stabilization of scapula needs to be improved. Yeah. We think maybe the motor unit recruitment or like the motor pathway towards like how your entire upper limb kinetic chain needs to work needs to be better. Yeah. But it's all, we're all saying like different things, but also the same thing at the same time. Is, is it ever 100% confirmed? Never. Mm-hmm. But it's always, look, we think this might be going on. You've had a really good response to it. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing that. Yep. And that's brilliant. And if you keep getting better and then eventually you go back to doing the thing that you love pain-free. Happy brilliant. Days. We're happy. We're happy. It's just yeah. like, we don't need to care about, oh, it was exactly this and exactly that. No. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly right. It doesn't right. matter at all. But we all have different intervention strategies, but getting them... To doing back, like back to doing what they love, yeah, big win, big 100%. win. Hundred percent. Now, next question is from the Sports Medicine Project. Oh, I love these guys. Yeah, yeah, Blake and Kelly. They are yep. uh, they're they're really good. I love them. Yeah. They want to ask, what is the basis of osteopathy, and how has it changed over the years? So, trust them to ask a doozy question. Isn't no, it? that's a good one. That's <laughs> such a good question, and I'm hopefully I don't butcher it, but. I think that the basis of osteopathy is that we are trying to look at problems holistically. Mm. Body as a unit, structure and function are interrelated, that kind of thing. So, for example, we might look at someone that has a wrist problem, um, but then we're also going to be looking at, you know, thoracic rotation up like in an upper rib, like expansion, breathing, that kind of thing, internal rotation of the humerus, all these different things which might contribute to Load, poor load delegation towards that particular area, overload effect. That, that's how we, well, that, well, that's how I operate as an osteo currently. Yeah. Um, how it's, whether that's, I think that that's changed in the last like few years. I think it's going down more the, you know, movement at, like based route in terms of rehabilitation and getting mm. people moving and encouraging good physical activity and yeah. recovery and strength training. I think that is definitely been improving because that is literally what the current evidence suggests. Back in the day, um, I'm pretty sure there was osseos that believed that they could manipulate organs and... <laughs> release like, the psoas. <laughs> release the psoas through your gut. I'm like, look, if you're trying to release the psoas, let's 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 have a look. Let's be critical about this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, this is maybe one of my other icks. But you cannot poke it. Yeah, like near, like a psoas near your like um your belly button. Yeah. Like you cannot do it. Do you know how much how many structures are underneath there? <laughs> the closest thing you can do probably come close to iliacus, 
yeah. right in that fossa. Yeah. But still, you get like that's very it's very unlikely. It's unlikely, right? Very, yeah. But there also there's something. I, look, this is just my opinion. I am you know I'm adamant of the my opinions, but yeah. Um, I this is just what I think. I think like you know there's like cranial sacral osteopathy. That mm. I think I still think is like stuck mm. in you know, back in the medieval times because sure. they're saying that from what I've heard, only from what I've heard, yeah. I, you know, could be wrong, yeah. but that there is maybe a blockage in their cerebral spinal fluid. Okay. Now, don't know if this mm. is an actual thing, but I'm thinking that, that that's dubious. Yeah. Could be, that might be caused like, you know, called hydrocephalus. Yeah. That increasing intracranial, you know, pressure. Yeah. Dead. So how are you treating a blockage <laughs> in cerebral spinal fluid? That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm digressing, <laughs> but to summarize, like, look, I think back in the day, I think that there were a lot of, um, you know, things that osteos said that they and claimed to be like doing, like maybe like, you know, like manipulating a lot of different things that were happening mm. in the body. Um, and weren't exactly the case, like looking at more of a natural, like the body heals itself naturally. That's all fine and good. That's great. But then it got a little bit too uh, carried away. Yep. And now I think that it's starting to get, brought back to more evidence-based route where it's just more strength conditioning, more movement-based stuff. Still, the body heals itself mm. and like tendon pathologies, tears, sure. cartilage, everything like that, strength and conditioning protocols and uh, the you know, philosophy behind that. I think we're slowly starting to tie that in together, but yeah. just need to be we, like the things that we do, we just need to back it up with more evidence. Yeah. That's So that's, that's what I believe. I hope that answers the question that yeah. it was really good concept got taken a bit too far one way mm-hmm. some people still stuck there but we're trying to bring it back into that really like heavy evidence-based strength uh, strength training and movement-based yeah. um, uh, rehabilitation and intervention strategies great yeah. great answer so i hope that answered that question fingers crossed. fingers crossed well that's all the questions i have here on my end but i think you've got some questions from your end as well which, i i did have a which have are a non-clinical but we will end on a bit of fun. We'll um, end on a bit of fun. I'm looking forward to these questions, man. So let's have a look. Um, the first question, as uh, by Lucy, is, is cereal soup? Is cereal soup? Um, well, my definition of soup mm. is that it's got to be hot. It's got to be hot. And cooked. Okay. Okay. So hence why I don't think cereal is soup because it's not hot and yeah. you're not cooking it. What happens if you microwave wheat bix <laughs> Yeah. Okay, what's your answer? Is cereal soup? Um, I mean, it would be called soup if it was soup. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, not cereal. But yeah. I was just like being devil's advocate there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you threw me off guard. Yeah. If you heat it up, it's now called soup. If it's cold, it's called cereal. I, I'll I'll stick with that I reckon I, I agree yeah great All right. and then there's another one which is a good one yeah what is and controversial but what is the most boring ailment you have to treat boring ailment when someone comes in office worker I'm painting yep. a scene here <laughs> I think you already know yeah, what already I'm gonna know. say yeah office worker points to their traps and say I've got tight shoulders oh my god exact same as me yeah exact same as me it's like what's going wrong ah nothing just need a little bit of TLC <laughs> Maintenance treatment. Yeah. Fuck is yeah. Pardon my French. What is maintenance treatment? Yeah, please define maintenance. What is that? It's Are you a car? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, quick you know, oil check change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick service. W D forty. Yeah. It's like, yo, but do you do you train? Nah. 
Do you move? No. Nah. Oh, well, God, God, God. What do you want me to do in 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then gets totally exact same as me. Yeah, cool. Exact same, same? same? Okay. Same, same. Same, same. Nice. Or my other one is more like... Now, this could be controversial, but the more chronic low back pain is... Oh. The, the people... Not the people that don't... Not the people that are motivated to want to change, but the people who have just been on a rut for many, many, many years. Yeah. Yep. And you see they do nothing to help themselves. They're a chronic smoker. They, they're, you know, 50 kilos overweight. And it sounds bad, but mm. it, it kind of annoys me because I'm like, okay, there's so much we need to do here. Yeah. Um, and then they come in expecting a quick fix or something. Like EPCs, you know? Absolutely. Classic. I totally agree. And then they... There's, and don't get me wrong, they are in a little bit of a, like, a, like you said, a rut where mm. they don't know how to get... But there is a little bit of like an element of impatience going from one practitioner to another. Not yeah. didn't hear what I wanted to hear. That's why I think, you know, goals are really, really important. What do you yeah. value? What are your goals? What do you want to see? Like what would define success out of today's treatment for you? Yeah. And they tell you hands on. I'm like, all right, cool. Fine. 80% of the time I'll do that. Then I'll just be like, I reckon try this. Yeah. But then you, like, you, you probably agree. Like you would mm. see that look in their eyes. Like they just switch off. They go, nah, yeah. not doing it. Can't do it. And as soon as they know that they've got to do something, yeah. they switch off. Yeah. Frustra- very so frustrating. Very I feel like a big part of it is we have to be a salesperson for their homework. Yeah, exactly. And we're not trained at that for, at uni. No, we're not. Like, we kind of just have to learn as we go. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I found as well. Just all the asking about goals and yeah. you know, their values and stuff is more, all right, like, no, 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 we can, we can work this out. It's I don't like convincing people, but mm. it all it almost like you said, salesing. It's yeah. just it, you have to convince them in a particular way. And yeah. if you get them, brilliant. Happy days. Awesome, awesome outcomes. But it's that empowerment. They just, you just need to speak their language and empower them how Absolutely. they want to be empowered. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Any more juicy questions from your end? Uh that's it, I reckon. Nah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. it. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Well, thanks for um whoever sent in those questions. Yeah, that was Lucy. Lucy, thank you, Lucy. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, I really enjoy this chat, man. I think this chat's been, uh, I feel motivated and I feel like I want to be better yeah, in, same in my profession, mm. um, helping people. And, and I do wish you all the best with your medical uh, journey. Thanks so much, man. Um, although it hasn't started yet, but you know, once you, once you get there, <laughs> I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, man. And yeah, I appreciate the workout. Today was fun. Yeah, it was so good, man. <laughs> nah, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me on and teaching me some awesome stuff, man. So thank you very much. Awesome. And thank you to the listeners for sending in your questions and we'll be sure to catch you in the next episode. See you guys. See you later. Yeah, that was good.